0: Tell me a little bit, like, what's the scariest thing that ever happened to you?
1: Well, that'll be a conversation for for my therapist. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because, you know, I mean, our fears are, they're, they're deep, they're personal things, which for me is just more evidence of why we should find opportunities to kind of play with it, to know it, to not be afraid of it.
0: This is How To. I'm Charles Duhigg. Each week, we talk to listeners who reach out to us with a problem they want to know how to fix. And on today's episode, be afraid. Be very afraid. Just like this week's listener.
2: My name is Becca, and I am from Bradenton, Florida.
0: So, so Becca, you reached out to us because you have a problem. Tell, tell me a little bit about it.
2: I am very scared of... The stupidest things to be scared of. So <laughs> I have such a strong physical reaction. If I'm spooked or being chased or anything like that, I immediately shut down and start crying and just can't help it. Oh my gosh, that that
0: sounds unpleasant. <laughs> Very <laughs> much so. Especially with Halloween coming up.
2: <laughs> Especially when your husband likes to go to haunted houses and hasn't been able to for the 6 years you've been together with him.
0: <laughs> so and are you are you kind of like um a meek person? Like, are you, are you a scaredy cat in general, or is this kind of unusual?
2: No, no, I it is. It's super unusual. So I am not a meek person. I don't think anyone would ever describe me that way. Physically, I'm six foot tall, so I'm a, I'm a big, fairly dominant physical person. I am bold and strong-willed and all of those things, and I don't know why this gets me.
0: Here's the thing. All of us get scared sometimes, right? This is totally natural. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, I was um, staying in a cabin in the woods for the weekend. And I'd put my kids to bed. And before I went to bed, I looked in the bathroom and a humidifier had been turned on and there were all these clouds of steam. And for some reason, like, I just convinced myself that a killer had broken into the house and had turned on the humidifier and he was going to wait until I was in bed to kill me. So I went downstairs and I actually got like a, a knife and I slept with a knife on the bedstand next to me. And the next morning it turned out that my 11 year old had just turned on the humidifier because he thought that was cool. But the point is everyone gets scared all the time. And so we actually went out and we found an expert to help us get to the bottom of how to handle that.
1: My name is Margie Kerr. I'm a sociologist and author and I study fear.
0: After this short break, we'll see if Margie can help Becca understand her fear and and my fear and your fear and how to live with that fear and maybe even laugh at it. At least long enough to enjoy Halloween. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Hosted by Katie Milkman, an award winning behavioral scientist and author of the best selling book, How to Change, Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and everyday people about why we do the things we do. Listen to Choiceology at schwab.com slash podcast, or wherever you listen. Boo! We're back with scary expert Margie Kerr. Or she's not scary herself. She's, uh, you know what I mean. And we're talking with our listener, Becca, about how to survive a haunted house. But Margie's advice, it also applies to other kinds of irrational fears, like being scared of heights or of spiders or of a humidifier in your bathroom or or really anything else you wish you weren't scared of. But you are.
1: So, Becca, can I ask you, have you ever been to a haunted house that you've enjoyed? Do you have any memories as a kid um, or, you know, any time throughout high school of going to a haunted house and having fun? Um, (laughs) So... My
2: husband and I went to, there was this local thing at our local um, zoo called Zubu. It was designed for children. Um, That was okay. (laughs) We we couldn't go in all of the houses because some of them were too much.
1: What about um, scary movies? Did you grow up watching scary movies?
0: No, no scary movies. Becca has two brothers who used to spook her a lot when they were kids, but she didn't really realize how big a problem this was or or how severely she reacted until she went to a theme park on Halloween when she was 16 years old.
2: I'm in Florida, and so near me is Tampa, and they have, at one of the local theme parks, they have this huge haunted house thing called Hollow Scream. And so they change all of the rides into haunted houses, they have scare zones. And so I went to the Hallow Scream with a group of friends um and I went through one haunted house and began using my friend who was probably 5'5 five, five, as a shield. I mean, ducked behind her, crying, head down, made it through that house, and then for the rest of the thing, because I had to get out of the park, and just screamed anytime anyone got close to me, you can't touch me, you can't touch me, you can't touch me! <laughs> it was, it what was rough. You
0: feel, do you remember what you were feeling, like, at that moment?
2: I mean, just sweating, overwhelmed, uh, sensory overload. Like you see the coffin and you see the person laying down in it and you're like, "Okay, this person is going to jump up and scare me." It doesn't matter. Like it it still gets me.
0: And 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 then you met your husband and he loves haunted houses.
2: He loves Halloween. Loves haunted houses and the experience of going out and just, you know, likes to be frightened, which I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> And one day I was in the closet um, and I was doing something and he accidentally came up behind me and I just didn't hear him. And he said my name and it scared me so bad. I started crying and he decided we would never go to a haunted house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Does it ever happen at work? It has.
2: (laughs) Um, I'll be in like a storage closet, organizing something, doing something, and someone will walk in and just. Just say my name and I'm just so frightened. I I don't know how else to describe it. I'll just be so frightened. My eyes tear up. I start crying.
0: One tip that we're definitely learning is that you should avoid closets. Yeah. Like you, should, yeah. you should not go into closets <laughs> if there's anyone else around you within like a hundred foot radius.
2: I need an armoire. No closets. Just dressers. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, this is really, I'm glad you reached out to us because this is a fascinating problem. I don't think I've ever talked to anyone who's like had this kind of reaction before. Which brings us to, to Margie.
1: Well, I, uh, kind of like Becca, I have a pretty sensitive startle reflex, and uh, I am very quick to jump, um, but I grew up really loving it. <laughs> and I also, as a sociologist, thought, wait, you know, I'm I'm studying all about how fear is very negative, and yet at the same time, I really want to go to a haunted house. What is that all about?
0: And and when you have that startle, do you, do you feel the same way that, that Becca does, as this sort of... Teary, shut down, like just kind of fall apart.
1: It's I. It's a very a very similar physiological reaction. So the startle uh, reflex is, you know, it's just that that immediate and automatic response of the sympathetic nervous system. And some people are more sensitive to it than others. And so in that moment, you know, it is our body kind of going, oh, you know. So let me ask you. So what's happening
0: inside our mind when we get scared? Like, t- tell me about like the startle reflexes. Is is this something that everyone has?
1: Yeah, it's um, essentially our body doing everything it can to uh, prepare for survival. So that means um, kicking our metabolism into high gears, um, increasing our respiration, our heart rate increases. And it's really just kind of all systems turning to uh, the present moment and ensuring that we are well fueled and uh, and also protected from pain.
0: So what you're saying is that we've evolved this response to like focus on what's exactly in front of us because it might if it startles us it might be something that's dangerous. So so we just we react we we're not thinking about like what it means or or why we don't need to be scared. We just have a freak out fear response because because it could be something dangerous. Is, is that right?
1: yeah no absolutely and and so for some people you can see that in a haunted house where they they scream and jump but then immediately start laughing because you know it does leave people feeling better uh just their mood improves and that those changes are related to feeling like uh they challenged themselves that they overcame their fears so it's it's amazing. Even though we know completely rationally that nothing is going to hurt us at a scary movie or in a haunted house, uh, it still leaves us with a sense of satisfaction, um, similar to you know choosing to to run a 5k or um, go rock climbing. But that's all very context specific.
0: Yeah. So that if the guy's running after you with a chainsaw in the uh, in the maze. It makes a big difference if your friends are there and it's a haunted house as opposed to an actual guy with a chainsaw in a maze.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, we do process all of that information differently when we have made a choice and when we feel like it's in our control. And I was thinking with Becca, with, you know, her brother scaring her, it sounds like there was a tipping point where it was like, you know what, this isn't fun anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, research shows a lot of it is, you know, that that choice, that that moment that you say... I want to do this and, you know, I'm choosing to do this, you know, it's often the difference between something being fun and challenging uh, or potentially traumatizing.
0: And so this is the first big rule about how to not be scared. If you can find ways to feel in control, then you can get better at controlling the startle reflex, that, that rush of panic and energy that evolution's made into this automatic reaction.
1: So when people have a really intense response, which it sounds like Becca does, um, it can feel kind of out of control, like you don't know that your body is ever going to calm back down and like it's going to feel you know that intense forever. And so after people calm down, it's it's nice to kind of take a moment and put like a bookmark on it to remind yourself like, oh, I feel normal again, I did come back down. So next time, You know, I'll remember that this doesn't last forever.
0: Okay, here's the second rule. Pay attention to your body's fear response. And then bookmark the moment when the fear subsides. That way, you're going to build up these memories that you're in control. And this moment of fear, it's going to end.
2: Maybe what I need to do is celebrate and take satisfaction in that it doesn't last forever and sort of live in that moment a little bit longer.
1: Yes, definitely. Embrace the startle. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a huge part of it. Just be like, oh my gosh, this is such an interesting thing about myself and accept it and own it and, and embrace it. And that actually helps, you know, buffer against the more negative aspects of it.
0: That's the next rule. Embrace the startle.
1: Well, and I always like to point out I'm not a clinician, so this is just my advice through research and uh, observation, but um, my colleague and I are working on uh, a study to measure if just adding fun to scary will will make it easier. So for people who uh, really have nothing but negative associations to, to being scared, um, I suggest doing something that is a a equal balance of fun and scary so whether that's like a really campy b-movie with a lot of startles or um going to a a amusement park and doing some of the more just kind of fun family friendly stuff uh to to basically recruit both the reward systems but also the stress response systems so it becomes just a, a whole mixed bag And then you have these memories and you have, you know, experience of it not just being bad.
0: Here's another rule. Try to make the fear more fun. Becca, how would you do that? What do you think you would do to try and find something where you're going to be a little bit startled, but it's also going to be surrounded by enough fun that maybe you kind of reprogram your anxiety or foreboding about going into a startling situation?
2: So, I'm thinking about tackling the the scarier of the kids' haunted houses that I was unable to go into before. <laughs>
0: um, and just but, to be clear, these are these are haunted houses for like little kids, right?
1: Oh yes, made for children. Um. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: I would ask, what do you already find fun instead of? trying to make something that sounds like it's just awful um, and convince (laughs) yourself that it's fun, um, finding something that you do like, that you do enjoy and finding a way to just tweak it, to push it in a direction that would be, you know, more of a challenge. Um, So if you do like running, you know, maybe try out one of the um, Tough mutters or the zombie runs um, where you have zombies chasing you to try and find things that you do like and just add a little bit of, of fear on top of it.
0: And this is the flip side of that previous rule. Try to make fun things more fearful.
2: There is one, the, the zombie run that you uh, brought up, is outside. And so maybe not being in such a confined space where I can feel a little freer and all of that might, might be a good idea to start out with.
1: Yeah, and you could get a little reflective mirror on your headband so you can see the zombies coming and then it increases that sense of agency like, oh, I see them and I can get away.
2: (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I like that. And I mean, like, I I really do love Halloween. Like, I want to have fun in these things. Like, I, I truly, truly do.
0: And with Halloween coming up, figuring out how to handle fear, that's not a small thing. Particularly because we know that there's a serious side of being scared. That the chills that go up and down your spine, in the past, they helped you stay alive. That's all after this quick break.
3: This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure.
0: Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like can we learn to make smarter decisions and the power of do-overs. The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com podcast, or find it wherever you listen. I, I'm, you know, we've been talking about um scary moments that are kind of fun, scary moments, right? or scary moments where where ultimately, like Becca is in control and, and and Margie, you're in control. But I'm wondering, like, um, I mean, obviously these these reactions evolved not for situations like that, right? They evolved for situations where we should be scared and And let me start let me start with you, Margie. has there ever been a time in your life where a scary thing happened that was like legitimately scary? Like, you were right to be scared,
1: oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah um, and oh yeah, and we definitely need our threat response. Um, you know the the goal is definitely not to to do away with fear, but to have a better, Understanding of um, of our physical reaction and and appreciate it for protecting us. Uh, you know the gut feeling that people talk about, or um, just the the chills down their spine. A lot of times that is informing us that something doesn't seem quite right in the environment. So um, I came home from work one day, and there uh, was a street fight right, literally right in front of my house, and it was kids who were fighting. So I they probably were between 12 and 15 years old. And um, the the fear that I felt was not for my own safety. I, I mean, I, I was, you know, still in my car at that point. Um, it was a very different kind of fear than I've ever felt uh, happened when I saw one of the girls. Um, she pulled the tank top of another girl, uh, which broke and, and the, um, you know, the girl fell to the cement and, and there was a lot of violence and that it really shook me to my core, um, and uh, and was was scary, but in a different way. And I've actually um, had you know a couple of attempted robberies, and it just stuck with me in a in a really, really powerful way. That to this day I'll I'll have nightmares sometimes. It was really scary. And and the interesting
0: thing about it is that like you you weren't personally endangered at that moment, right? You were in your car, right? But you're seeing this scary thing. Why do you think it affected you so deeply? Like, why do you still have dreams about it?
1: I think, you know, it, it is a kind of testament to how we evolved together, that, that the fact that we experience each other's emotions so deeply um, or have the ability to, um, our emotions are, are contagious in that way. And, you know, anger, fear, all of those high arousal negative moments are, are all kind of the same soup.
0: What about you, Becca? Is there is there a time that you can think of where where you were you were genuinely scared and for a good reason?
2: Yeah. um, And it's funny because my situation is different, but I I felt a lot of parallels as she was speaking. Um, I was in a situation a few times where there was um, sort of a domestic violence situation happening around me. I wasn't the one involved, but it was very explosive, um, and felt like it could have turned towards me very quickly. And that was a time where I was very fearful, fearful for myself and fearful for the person who was the victim right in that moment. Um, and I was thinking as Margie was talking in those moments, uh, as I was trying to go through my, my Rolodex of fearful moments, um, I think in moments of true fear, I actually sort of respond with more of a fight reflex uh, than I do in moments of fake fear. Um, not fake fear, but you know <laughs> what I mean.
1: Oh, I, it's it's incredible that uh, the depth that we can feel for other people who are going through something um, painful or scary. And it's it's connected to that piece of control.
0: The, I, as you guys were talking about this, I was trying to think of like a, a time that I was scared. And and. At one point I was a, a reporter in Iraq. Um and this is back sort of when the war was going on. And I was in this military convoy and we were going down this road and a a bomb went off underneath the Humvee that I was in. And and oh just gosh. by chance the, the the Humvee it was it had all this armor and so so the bomb didn't penetrate the car. If it had been less armored, um everyone would have been killed inside. And and I just almost like emotionally froze. Like it was almost like it was almost like I was like observing this like kind of clinically from ten feet away. And and they 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 rush us out of the car and everything is happening so fast. And and they throw us into this other car and they speed off and and we like make it to the space. And my translator was just like totally debilitated by fear. Um, and and the emotions that I had afterwards were that I felt so guilty. Mm-hmm. that i had gotten this guy into this this situation where he was clearly so scared and also this like weird instinct to kind of act blasé about it like like i was clearly completely overwhelmed by it like completely freaked out but you know it, there wasn't any other effects like i was in iraq for a couple of weeks actually months more and and i i i just didn't even think about it but then when i got back to the us i was i was driving on the freeway in california and these cars um, like boxed me in, just like normal, like driving on the freeway. And I, I had this panic attack. Like my eyes started bouncing up and down, and I was sweating and having this panic attack. And I I just didn't even know what to do. I couldn't even process it.
1: Yeah. It, first, I'm, that's terrifying, and I'm I'm truly so sorry that that you and everyone experienced yeah. that. Um, and it it sounds like you may have, ex- you did kind of experience a, a mild kind of dissociation in that moment. And that can be adaptive, you know, separating ourselves when things are too intense, could be the only thing that we can do in that moment to survive to to, you know, not fall apart. And so I always tell people you, you know, your reaction is your reaction. And it's, it's part of you. And, and it's no, you don't have to feel guilty or, or anything like that. That's, that's, it's it's okay
0: okay so so we've got a month so so becca's already put out her her halloween decorations (laughs) we've got a month for her to prepare herself to go to the haunted house with her husband what's the three things that she should do to get ready
1: well, I think the first is to to make sure she wants to do it, <laughs> and and if she doesn't, then then don't. Um, the second is to definitely find a place or an environment that is going to be safe. It's it's ironic, but you can you know kind of let go of your defenses and fully be present in the moment. So, uh, some place for kids, or or even just a really fun um, be kind of scary movie or a haunted hayride something where you don't actually have to uh, to walk you can just sort of enjoy the scares coming to you Um, and then another recommendation might be to try and flip the script and scare other people who want to be scared so going to a haunted house and volunteering for a night or uh, kind of seeing what it's like from the other end Um, and that offers another opportunity to have different memories of scary experiences in the context of fun and choice. And this
0: is the last rule. Try turning the tables on your fear by scaring other people, or, or at least working in a haunted house or, or doing something like that. Or or if you're scared of spiders, maybe decorate your house with spiders, or, or dress up like a spider for Halloween, or volunteer at the local nature center and spend time near the tarantula cage. In other words, do something where you feel in control, where where you can remind yourself that this doesn't have to be scary. Becca, what do you think of that idea? Like like do you think would it be fun for you to go work in a haunted house?
2: I'd have to make it in there first.
0: <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really interesting idea. That's a really great idea. I, I told my husband before I got here that I was scared I was just going to show up somewhere and everyone was going to scare me. Um, so it's been <laughs> considerably more helpful than the exposure therapy I thought I was going to receive. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, this is this has been really, really helpful. And given me hope that I can get past this as opposed to it just being, sorry, this is how you are. You're you're a scaredy cat. And this is the way you'll be.
1: Well, I, I think that uh, just accepting that, oh, I have a sensitive startle reflex and, um, you know, yay on me and my ancestors for ringing the bell early and, <laughs> and getting a, a head start on running away or fighting, you know, accepting and, and understanding it is is the first step.
0: So maybe, Becca, that's the thing, is that every time you have that reaction, when like someone, someone, when you're in the closet and someone says your name and you, <laughs> and you have that kind of like fear freak out, maybe the thing to do is to then turn to them and say, by the way... That's why my ancestors lived longer than your ancestors. Because <laughs> exactly. we ran away first. <laughs> Thank you to Becca for opening up about her deepest, darkest fears. We, we didn't even get into the vampires. Or, or my in-laws, for that matter. And thanks to Margie Kerr for putting all of our concerns to rest. Make sure to pick up Margie's fascinating book, Scream chilling adventures in the science of fear. And a quick update, with just a few days to go until Halloween, Becca sent us this voice memo.
2: Hey guys, Uh, we decided to go with the family haunted house this year and one of the kids in line made me go first. Uh, So I might have teared up a little bit and possibly cursed once in front of children, but I think this is progress. Um, And I wanna thank you both so much, uh, talking it out, reframing this experience as a fun challenge and having the humility to laugh and celebrate after made this time so much better uh, for me and for my husband. Um, Thanks again, guys, and happy Halloween, everyone.
0: Way to go, Becca. Next thing you know, you're gonna be the one in the haunted house with the chainsaw scaring everyone else. Do you have something you wanna know how to do or a problem we can help fix? Send us a note at, howto at slate.com. Or we would love to hear about your fears. You can tell us about them on Twitter by using the hashtag howtopod or call and leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001 and we might play it on the show. Finally, please subscribe for free and give us a five-star rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. That helps people find the show and that means that we can help more people and, you know, it all works out. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rachel Allen is our production assistant and Merritt Jacob is our engineer. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown. June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts and Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director for audio. Special thanks to Matthew Simonson and Asha Saluja. I'm Charles Duhigg. Thanks for listening and have a happy Halloween.